0: Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. i speak to you briefly tonight again. Thank you to all the team. And thank you because worship is not a concert. This is not where we get together and watch these great people, their skill and their artistry or even their heart or passion. It's where we as a family of God come together and say, we're going to take a night, and we do this regularly, by the way, where we take a night and say, forget all the rest of the program. We're going to stop and do the thing that we will spend more time doing in eternity than anything else. And that is worshipping the Saviour and getting to stop and bring our gratitude and our love to Him. I don't think you can ever do that too much. Um, I know many people that have encountered Christ for the first time in worship. I know many people that we hear these stories, I would say every few months, of someone who was walking past our building, heard the music, heard the worship, and has come in the door, and as a result of that, has given their life to Christ. That happens so often, was prophesied, I believe, by Pastor Michael Battersby way back, many, many years ago, that the sound would go out of this place and would profoundly impact people's lives. So, thank you for being a part of that. Can I say to you tonight, just quickly, that uh, the enemy always underestimates the power of God and the people of God. Uh, Never think to yourself that somehow or rather the devil, forget all the movies you may have seen or heard of, uh, so many of them portray the devil as being this all-powerful, all-knowing, all-strategic kind of a being, but nothing could be further from the truth. He regularly underestimates the power of God. Just think for a moment about Jesus in the tomb, crucified on a cross. All of the disciples have left Bar one and his mother and one other person that's there. The person most impacted that day is a not even a Jewish uh, part of the people of God, but it's a Roman centurion who declares in watching the crucifixion, surely this must be the Son of God. And so in that kind of a space, you would not have looked at the Christ on the cross and thought this is a great victory. You would have thought this was an abject failure, another great hope, another person saying they're the Messiah, another one saying they're the deliverer, and yet now look at them now they are completely helpless. there is no nothing left but a few more hours of torture. But if you'd listened closely to that Saviour on the cross, you would have heard His declarations. You would have heard Him say, Father, forgive them. Who does that? Who stands or or is in the midst of the greatest pain imaginable and instead of uh, cursing and wanting them to suffer, in fact, says the complete opposite, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. You would have heard Him say, Lama, Lama, Sabachthani, why, my God, my God, why have You forsaken me? You would have heard Him breathe His last as He uttered these words, it is finished, not I'm finished, not my dream is, has gone, but it is finished and the great work of Christ on the cross. But you know, to every person looking on right there, it looked again like, Well, what was that about? Because they take Him down, they wrap Him in the grave clothes, they lay Him in a borrowed tomb and the disciples go into hiding. They are not brave, they are not courageous, they are not full of faith, they're full of doubt. They wonder what the last three and a half years of their life has been all about. And no doubt every demon in hell was gloating over the death, over the over the absolute victory that they've won, over this person who had gone about casting them out, this one who had gone about healing people of all the stuff that they had engineered and worked so hard to produce, and this one that had so totally set their whole realm into disarray, now they've got Him right where they want Him. That's what it looks like. And for three days, everybody agrees. For three days, everyone knows that that is the end of all of that. And maybe you should wait a while and then hope for another Saviour. But the Bible says that on the third day, all of a sudden, the grave clothes weren't enough. Not only were they not enough, but death itself wasn't enough. Not only was death not enough, but the solid stone of the tomb cover was not enough. Not only were the grave clothes not enough, and not only was death not enough, and not only was the stone door of the tomb not enough, but neither were the Roman soldiers that had been set to guard there because the Jewish leaders had said, Don't allow, we know what's going to happen. His disciples will come and steal Him away and they'll say that He rose. So they posted guards beside the door of the tomb. But the guards, they are literally laid out. They're finished and nothing is able to hold back this one that they had so underestimated. This one that we've won. Ha, apparently not. There's an incredible verse in 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 8. It says this, which none of the rulers of this age knew. For had they known, had they realised, had they imagined the outcome of the death, the burial and then the resurrection of Jesus, if they could have seen through the corridors of time the people that would give their lives to follow this crucified Saviour. If they had seen all of that, if they had imagined all the countless miracles, the multitudes of salvation, the thousands upon thousands and ten thousands upon thousands, the Bible says a multitude without number that you look at it and say, I give up. I can't even estimate how many people there are if they'd seen all that. That verse goes on and says, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. If only they had realised, they would have said, hands off, stay away. Don't touch Him. Don't care how many miracles He does. Don't care how many devils He casts out. Don't care how many followers He amasses. We're leaving our hands off this guy because if we crucify Him, it's only going to get worse. Amen. See, the devil underestimates the power of God, but he also underestimates the people of God. In Acts chapter 12, the church has now been birthed and it's growing in great power. And then Herod decides that he wants to curry favour with the Jewish leadership. And so he decides to persecute the church. He kills James, the brother of John, and sees the way that the crowd all applauds him and thanks him for dealing a death blow, cutting off one of the main leaders of this Christian cult. And they're all pretty pumped about it. Herod's feeling very pleased with himself. And it says in Acts 12 that when Herod saw that it pleased them, he decides to go a little bit further. And so he gets Peter and he puts him into jail. Well, he doesn't just put him into jail. You'd think that he might have learned something from the last time he set soldiers to guard. But he puts Peter into the stocks, into the inner part of the prison. Puts him there, tells everyone you've got to guard this guy. Gate upon gate is locked shut after Peter. He's kept in the most secure place you can put. But Acts 12 verse 5 says, Therefore Peter was therefore kept in prison but constant prayer was offered to God for Him by the church. Listen to me, never underestimate the power of your prayer. Never say to yourself, but I'm nobody. Because I'm telling you that if you will bow the knee and utter a prayer in the Name of Jesus, All of a sudden, you are never just whoever you were before. Now you are a son or a daughter of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And now you are someone to be reckoned with. And now your merest whisper of your request before God can shape nations and shake every power that's raised and arrayed against you in the mighty Name of Jesus. All of that comes why. Because the prayer of the saints, the prayer of the believers, when I say saints, I'm not talking about the ones that are dead. I'm talking about the ones that are living right now. And when you and I pray, we are having our prayer gathering online. I think it's Thursday week. If you want to be a part of that, email us. We'll send you out the Zoom link so you can be a part of it. Why? Because verses like this say, that whilst the devil underestimates the people of God, we shouldn't. While the devil is gonna try and tell you that you're a nobody, that you don't matter, that you're not good enough, you're not holy enough, God would listen to you. But constant prayer is offered up by the church for Peter. And get this, the Scripture says that an angel wakes him. I love that bit. I love it because Peter's asleep. One of his his close friends has just been killed. Herod's gone, head off, gone, finished. He had a bit of habit of that. And Peter's going to be next. And what's this guy doing? He's not pacing up and down. Go go on. oh, whatever happened to timid Peter? Something happened to him on the day of Pentecost. Something happened when the Holy Spirit came. Come on, somebody, so I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit wants to do it again and again and again and again and again. He wants to take your timid, shy little life and turn it into something great and something bold. And I know just the person who can do that. And it's not the psychologist and it's not the therapist and it's not the motivational speaker. It's someone called the mighty Holy Spirit. And He will do that for you again. And He'll show you things that nobody else could reveal. And He'll Speak to your words that nobody else can speak and He'll lift your life from where it was into something that is so glorifying to God. Why? Because the devil wants to keep people in the place of underestimating what God can do and who they are. Angel wakes him up, opens the door and says, off you go. When they get the Apostle John, they go, we've got to stop this guy. He's a leader. We've got to silence him. They put him on the Isle of Patmos. I looked up the Isle of Patmos. It's still there. I went and I Googled it. It's never had a population ever above 3,000. And it's about 60 kilometres off the coast. Treacherous waters. They put it there because they go, if you're there, you never get off. They put John the Isle on the Isle of Patmos and say, suffer. But it says in Revelation chapter one, but I was in the spirit, not in the jail, not in the island that's isolated. Come on, listen to me, come on. Because some of you that are part of this service, you're in isolation right now. Well, you can be in isolation or you can be in the spirit. Come on. You can either be in isolation, feeling cut off. Oh, come on. You can either feel cut off and go, I don't have this and I don't have that. Or you can be like the Apostle John and say, I was in the, am I preaching this? Okay, are you getting this? I was in the Spirit on the Lord's Day. I think about that and I go, God, if you could do that for a man in jail. Oh, my prayer is God, let me be in the Spirit on the Lord's Day. Because to me, every day is the Lord's Day. Amen. I want to be in the Spirit. And this guy's in the Spirit in the Lord's day and Jesus appears to him. Mm. Wow. Huh? Who doesn't want to be there for that stuff? Listen to me, we're either going to be where we are right now going, oh God, oh God, oh God. Or else we're going to be in the Spirit in the Lord's day and Jesus will come to us. Amen. And I want to tell you when Jesus turns up, the same one that... threw off the grave clothes and the same one that walked out of the empty tomb and the same one that took the keys of death and hell, the same one that walked past four burly Roman guards and the same one that went about looking, saying, here, let me show you my scars. The same one walks into your life and into your world. Let me finish with this Psalm 149 because this is where we are tonight. Psalm 149 verse 5 says, Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud on their beds. Try it. Tonight, middle of the night. You never stop, never stop working. I might do that tonight. Let's see whether I can wake Rhonda. What's that? I'm just obeying the Scripture, darling. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth. Not complaining, not worries, not fretting. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth. And a two-edged sword, the word of God in their hand, to execute vengeance on the nations. God, I'm just little on me. He goes, No, no, you're not. Don't go there. Punishments on the peoples bind their kings. It's speaking about spiritual powers with chains and nobles with fetters of iron. To execute upon them the judgment written. Here's the last verse. You've got to get this one. This honour have all. Everyone say all. 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 This honour have all. It doesn't say this honour have the really amazing ones that, oh God, have been to Bible college and seminary and have degrees upon degrees like thermometers and are just amazing. And, and you know, when they speak, you know, they give you goosebumps when you look at them and, and all that kind of stuff. And everyone follows them on Twitter and woo. Doesn't say that. It says this honor have all his saints. Amen. Every single one of us. The enemy might underestimate you, but don't underestimate yourself. Don't let him get you to think less of yourself. Know that your praise, your worship, your prayer, your giving has enormous power. Some of you here as a part of this service have never said yes to Christ. I hope that through this service in some way or other, or maybe it's been pre the service, maybe it's just, something that's been happening during the week. And things have started. Maybe it's been over a long time you've been wondering. God's been stirring your heart and saying, come on, I'm real and I'm there. Maybe that's what's been going on for you. John 1 and verse 12 says, But to as many as received him, not believed in him. Many people believe in God. But it says to as many as received him, to them he gave the power to be the sons and the daughters of God, the children of God, even to those who believe on His name. It's as simple as saying yes to receiving Christ. I've watched people do this now for many, many years. I'm still amazed to this day at the transformation. Someone sitting here in, in the building in this service was telling me about one of their family members who'd been raised in a culture and in a religion Nothing like the culture of the Bible. But they said yes to Christ through Metro Church Online. The next day they began reading their Bible. The next day, they well, they got a Bible and went and started reading it and have been doing it every day saying they're hungry for God. And you go, what could turn that around? I'll tell you what did. We're saying yes to Jesus. See, Jesus doesn't say yes after you've got it all worked out. Yes, after every question's answered. Yes, after you've got your life in shape. He says, say yes and let me come in. I'm going to pray with people in just a minute. But you know, I was praying here yesterday and I know that there is at least one, maybe even more people. And I saw you carrying a weight of grief so strong in your heart that you literally would say it's like there is a physical pain on the inside of you because of loss, because of grief. And I saw the Lord come and melt that thing, just melt it. I've seen Him do this before. But I saw that Philippians 4 says that the peace that passes all understanding. It's not something you've got to work out and then figure it out to come to peace. It's a peace that comes from God. Whoever you are, I'd love it. Why don't you just email me, jeff, G-E-O-F-F at metrochurch.org.au or info, either of them. After last Sunday night, someone sent me an email saying, what you spoke about, that was me. So I know that God is speaking to people that are here and you're a part of this service. And I know whoever those people are, you've carried it privately, and you, but you've got to the point where you feel like, I, I just can't keep going like this. God wants to help you tonight. Let's pray together, shall we? Heavenly Father, you're here. Like the song says, you're moving in this place. And Lord, we just stop and worship you, who is the Lord of all. We know there is nothing beyond your power. We know, Lord, there's no pain too great that you can't heal it. So I pray for those people, whoever they are. And I thank you right now for the peace that passes all understanding. Lord, for those that are so anxious, really desperately wanting an answer, would you let your peace fill them? Lord, let them relax right now and know that you're in charge. That You've got it. We thank you for that. Thank you for those, Lord, that this week are going to say yes to you. They're going to text their yes through and begin a journey of following you. We don't come to you perfected, but Lord, you begin to perfect us. So we thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Just a few minutes, Pastor Bruce will be online in the studio and hosting ministry time there. He told me this morning that there were so many prayer requests came in. So many people were a part of it. Thank you for trusting us with your needs so that we can pray because we certainly love to do that. If you're saying yes to Jesus, it'll be up on the screen for you. If you're in Australia, you can text yes yes to 0488826392. If you're outside of Australia or you'd like to get the help we give, just uh, as a very brief email, You get it every morning, comes to you. Then go to yes.metrochurch.org.au. We'll send that through to you. Be our joy to partner with you and to see you grow. We won't spam you. We never ask you for anything. It's simply us sending to you uh, a scripture, a different one every day, and a prayer. Many people that have done it have said to me that it felt like every day God was talking just to them. And I believe that He is as well. Wonderful. Amen. What a great joy. Thank you so much, everybody.